0: You'll never
1: get bored when you try something new. There's no limit to what you can do, Doctor Seuss. My name is Thandor, and I
0: enjoy
2: walking in the woods.
0: I'm Fezik, and I love wandering the world. And then, if we find orcs, great, we'll get to. Well, I am Corin,
3: a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. I play Stanton Hopperfield, who is. Leader's
4: point he is the Lifefoot yeah, Halfling Ranger.
1: Thank you for joining us at Leaders and Legacies. We've really enjoyed having you for the past six months. Come week after week and check out each episode. One of the things we're going to do today is we're not going to actually role-play today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some questions that you might have about the podcast, let the players tell you some of the backstory, some of the things they've enjoyed, and maybe some of their theories about where things are taking us. So if you've been a part of the podcast this year, we truly appreciate it. If you uh, like what you hear, once again, you can always head over to our Patreon and Support us by, you know, actually uh, picking one of the various levels and maybe even getting some free swag out of it. Um, You can also support us by reviewing, you know, our podcast over on Podchaser. Still about 24 hours left to pop us a review. Head over to Twitter or Facebook to the Leaders and Legacies page and uh, let us know about that review and be entered to win one of our Leaders and Legacies hoodies. Uh, But other than that, let's talk to the players, find out uh, a little bit about the backstory, uh, some of the aspects that you don't see because they're behind the scenes. We hope you'll join us in 2022 for even more Leaders and Legacies. Well, welcome. Good evening. Yeah, thank you for joining us for a special. Yeah, I don't know. This is not really an episode, it's just more of a QA session, a little chat with the group um yeah we didn't get any questions from online so that means everybody seems to know everything they need to or i gave them very little notice which i think it's probably column a and column b <laughs> so uh let's uh, go around just yeah I'm, I'm dungeon master dave i'm here and uh, who do i have with me we'll start uh, uh with you uh, uh seth
3: <laughs> well i'm seth i i i play corin and pretty much sums me up <laughs>
1: very good yeah yeah we could dive a little deeper um and who else do we have let's see uh yeah. the, the, the gentleman who's smiling <laughs> really big
2: this is chris and i play fandor
1: excellent and last but certainly not least our favorite uh, yeah, uh fezzik of all times uh yeah rachel why don't you want to say hi to the the folks
0: hi this is rachel and i play fezzik
1: now, if everything goes according to plan,
0: George will join us at
1: the appropriate moment where the conversation gets awkward about him and we'll, you know, dutifully kind of dance around the awkwardness. So that being said, I guess if somebody would like to go first, you know, about a year ago, I came to the three of you and asked, hey, do you guys want to do a podcast?
2: Uh, anybody want to dive into why they said yes? <laughs> I'll go first. Um, well, a couple of reasons. One, it was just a you know a chance to get together with with a couple of you guys again. Rachel and I had never met before, um, so it's a chance to you know roll some dice with with friends and make new friends. So it, was, it sounded like a new opportunity to try something different. Um, recording it, I don't know. My game style, my gameplay, the way I take my characters' backstories and run with them has changed at all. You know, I know several of us are in other games and all my characters have a, a deep backstory. And I try staying true to each of those backstories as we as we go forward on the, on the game. So what you get with Thandor is gonna be Thandor the entire game. He's not gonna have some evolution during the game where he's gonna change. And I just thought showing that, showing, you know, Showing that character to a public audience would be fun.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And I it, especially find it interesting that you're saying that we won't see Fandor change because, yeah, I believe, you know, one of the most important things you trained me on as part of a, we, a wood badge staff was embracing and leading change. But I guess we don't, you know, you're talking not radical. It's, he's going to stay true to his core.
2: But you have to remember, he is a very devout dwarf right and he is as stubborn as a mule and it's gonna uh, get him off his chain of thought on jord and his religion would be very difficult so i think that is who he is at his core is a devotee
3: to jord and he'll stay that way
1: okay i'll accept that as a a solid Yeah. Answer. Uh, so, I think Chris,
3: uh, you and I have two slightly different approaches to this. You, in my experiences in the different games that we have played, you have always had this like great dramatic like backstory and history and depth of detail of who the character was. Whereas I kind of come about it from a different approach. I come about creating the character that I want in the here and now, and then I let his backstory filter back from that. So at the time when we were starting this game and we were talking about doing this for scouters and, uh, kind of pushing this through the the scout ranks initially and advertising it there and letting it grow beyond that. Um, one of the things I was encountering was a couple of scouts that were having some difficulties in one of the troops that I interact with. And I talked with my son, who is also one of the, one of these scouts who has a bunch of ADHD issues and all that, um, I wanted to try and illustrate this character or this kind of persona to the audience. Uh, and I wanted, to, I wanted people to see different ways that they can interact with someone like that. So I created this mental image of a extremely hyperactive, um, kind of going in 16 different directions gnome. And there would be times where he will be a handful and he will be a hindrance to the party, but then there will be other times where he is the first one up and the one that they want to stand behind and work with. Um, And I wanted to help, the idea behind this just kind of hit me to illustrate how useful this kid could be to the party. Um, From there, I actually started building his background and his history as a druid and getting kicked out of the grove because of all of his issues and everything. So, like I said, you and I just, we, we have similar approaches, but we come at it from two different sides.
2: Yeah, and, you know, that's something I think is, and, and the, we're in three games together right now, four mm-hmm. games together, right now, you're in one of the games I've had. Um, that's the beauty of this game. You create The way that you see your character, right? The character is a reflection of you, sort of. I mean, you could always play a completely, you know, murder hobo, and, you know, that's not truly who you are. It's a fantasy game. But, um, yeah, I, I, this, one of my favorite things that I, even going all the way back to, I'll date myself. The first time I ever played Dungeons and Dragons was 1982, um, 12 years old. Actually, I think it was Mazes and Monsters. I'm not even sure if it was Dungeons and Dragons, but it was it was some role-playing game. I'm not sure which one it was at the time. Um, it was always about creating the characters, right? And that's where I always found the fun. Um, and when I DM, it's a story. You know, it kind of like Dave is weaving a great story. Um, you know, you go back to the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon and watch the Dungeon Master be part of the story while not being part of the story is I think the right way to do it I I do not like playing games where the dungeon master is a this is what the rule is there's no bending the rule you know there is no gray areas I love the improv of the groups that I'm playing in right now um and you know it it comes down to a story and that's what we're weaving here is a story
1: yeah and And I love it it's interesting from my perspective to see where that story weaves because you guys drop ideas. I know we had a pre-session zero before we started where we, you know, you, know, you Chris, you were the one that, yeah, you Thandor know, gave us the idea of these these angel these wooden angels having visited his his grove at one point. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I like you know you hear that thing that it sounds interesting and lock on it for the audience. So, Seth, I cut you off, I think.
3: Oh, no, no. I was going to say, and one of the things I like is I love uh, relatable characters. Uh, so clearly, based on the way that I built Corrin, um I want the people to sit there and see Thandor and see parts of themselves in Thandor, to see parts of themselves in Corrin. And I'll be the first to admit, when I built Korin. I, I pulled my son over to the computer to look at the character that I was building. And I was like, okay, so what do you think of this, bud? Uh what do you think of this character? And this is how I plan on playing him. And his response was he just looked at me with wide eyes, going, Dude, dad, that's me that you put on a piece of paper.
2: Yeah. And I see that, you know, I get to see it in a game and knowing your son and you know serving as, as a scoutmaster at one point in time. Um it's him. And you're doing a great job with him and doing it justice, right? Just watching watching your son grow. Uh, you know, kind of way we hope we watch this character grow, too. So it, yeah. it's amazing to see. And it's kind of funny because it's almost like I anticipate what's about ready to happen mm-hmm. just because I know your son, right? And I'm like, okay, so what is Seth thinking about? And what would his son do? I'm being careful not to say his name. <laughs> like, yeah, that's.
1: Our, <laughs> we can bleep but, it out.
2: <laughs> no, uh, but it is. It is. It's very fun. It's fun because I know who it's based off of, and I. And you know, I think the world of that young scout, and he is one of the reasons um, why I do scouting. Um, on my wood badge course, I did something a little different. We, we usually talk about line of sight in wood badge. And that means everything we do as adult leaders needs to go back to the benefits of the scouts. What we do, how does it benefit the scouts? If we make a change in a unit, how does it benefit a scout, right? Um, So what I added, it's not really added, is I gave everybody a little meeple. I think I've showed it to you. I don't have one sitting here. Meeples are the little wooden figures that we use in, in games, right? And I asked everybody to put their initials on their meeple. Well, my meeple, it's not one of my own boys, was a scout that um, Seth, you know, he was in our troop. He's recently graduated. And I told him the story uh, that he was my meeple because it's some of these scouts, you know, most of us get into this for for our kids. But as we mature in our own roles in scouting, as we start seeing, I'm sorry, my wife was watching a um, January 6th documentary we were watching together. So you hear a lot of Pelosi stuff in the background <laughs> when they're storming the Capitol. Um, but, you know, as as we've matured as leaders, too, it, it's those scouts that don't have a stable home, those scouts that um, are challenged in some ways. That's why I continue to do it. You know, my youngest is about ready to make Eagle, and I have no plans on stopping after that happens because I love the program and I've seen it do great things, right? I, I've seen this program do great things with great kids and um, just give them the confidence they need. So,
1: so, yeah, no, yeah, I think that's a, a very good perspective on, I think, why we started this. Yeah, to circle back, let Rachel answer the, uh, the question, why did you say yes?
0: Well, I contemplated it. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you first came to me, I was like, why me? Like, you know, of all the people that you could pick, I'm certainly not the most animated um, character, you know, portrayer. Um, So I was really surprised and I did think on it for a bit and I even think I said, hey, let me sleep on it Um, because I just wasn't sure A about time commitment. You know, I have two boys, they're young boys. I've got Cub Scouts and, you know, dogs and family and everything else that goes along with that to include the pack that I run. So I was like, "Ah, you know, I don't know. Can I, you know, um, commit the time to playing with another group? and finally i turned around and said yeah sure why not you know let's it's only you know what we meet like just about every other week it's not always that consistent but um and i love i'm so glad that i did i mean i got to meet these guys you know these i don't know anybody here but dave like that's the first person i knew coming in um and i got to meet some amazing people who love their character and again i'm not i'm not an open you know, actor, so to speak, with my character, and I'm learning to be a better character because of that. um Working with these guys and trying to think more, so I don't have a background. <laughs> One of those.
3: <laughs> you have a don't little have bit background. of a background
0: that draws but I do. Like it's it's come out right. It's come out very through the game, and as I sit there contemplating and saying, you know, how do I do this? How do, I do that? We've got something coming up that I sit there and I think regularly about and say, how am I going to portray my character when this event happens? Because I know it's going to happen and my character's not going to be a happy person for it. Um, So it's made me, I hope, a better player. Um, I love getting to hang out with people who, you know, enjoy the stuff I enjoy, like scouting and things like that. You know, my oldest is an AOL. He's gonna be going to troop, and I'm like, do I go to troop with him or do I stick with my pack and send my husband? You know, yeah, yeah, uh, commissioner
1: service is always an option as well. <laughs> like I'm not busy enough. Yeah.
2: But we need great leaders. Let her be. Give her time.
1: Yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm saying you have a, you. You probably could pick whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, and and you don't you don't know what you're gonna end up with as well too because there's been some opportunities that come along that I never would have guessed. You know, after being Cub Master, I thought, yeah, okay, I'll yeah, just kind of do some district stuff and you know fade in the background. And suddenly, I just find myself Scout Master myself. True. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it, it, it bobs and weaves. But yeah, I know the reason I engaged all three of you is like, you know, uh, Seth and, and Chris, you you play in you know, my Wednesday night group, and you, know, you guys are always coming up with you know, how do I trick this out, make this a little bit more interesting, um, and making choices that just you know, elevated the game. And I'm like, we definitely need that. And then, yeah, Rachel, you know, it, yeah, from our other Tuesday night game where we kind of play with you know, the original kind of, yeah, you know, uh, we have a group called Davids and Duggins, which is, yeah, it was ha- half of us were named Dave when we joined and the other half were named Doug. And so we started adding people, but everybody secretly has to pick in their head whether they're a David or a Duggan in that group. So, yeah, but yeah, Rachel, you just, you know, you were the fun, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, Annika and uh, who's your other character? that you played uh
0: um. just Annika okay oh well I okay so I when we do the off set um um who is that character I don't remember we did we play it so infrequently <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no no yeah you're right yeah that one's not as, as frequent but yeah Annika has just been a very fun character to uh you know be an Averness
0: with um you want to tell folks a little bit about your uh, Annika character <laughs> <laughs> so Annika's a tiefling um She's broody. She likes to beat up things. She's an amazing fighter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, she's, she's so, okay. So a little about me, right? I'm prior service army. um, And having been in the army, it's a very male dominated world.
2: By the way, HUA.
0: Right, HUA. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so of course, Annika is in Avernus with a bunch of guys. Right, so she does what I would do, which is start taking on some of that guy mentality in life and being tough, so she fits in better. Um, so she's not the, you know, damsel in distress because she is not a damsel at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I love her. She's she's an absolute blast to play, and you know, anytime anything mean comes up, she's like, let's go, let's just let's just bite it, we'll just barrel through it. Yeah, that's I how I take life, too, is like, oh, we've got a challenge. OK, let's just face it. Let's just do it.
1: Yeah. And that's one game where I actually don't play a wizard, which makes it fun because, like, I know you can you're going to be out there t- doing the, the the stuff. Other people have the magic. So I have a rogue. Uh, um, oh, gosh, he's a kobold and <laughs> he likes to try to talk people out of stuff. But, you know, is kind of secretly hoping the entire time he's talking them out of it that he's going to fail. <laughs> so and that we're going to have to battle, folks. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of you know, where, where we all kind of came into the game was you know, just, I yeah, you, you were three people I wanted to play more with. So, yeah, I, I figured, you know, this seemed like something I wanted to do. So if you were game, I'd, I'd love to have you guys come. So you, you did, and we've been at this you know, for almost a year. Yeah, you know, I guess you know, it'll be the end of January where we hit, hit the full year mark since we've started recording. Um, I guess uh, let's uh, go around the horn and, yeah, I guess see yeah, if you would – or want to raise your hand for, for, for order so we're not talking over each other. Um, yeah, what's What's been a kind of favorite moment so far for, for, for one of you?
0: Roll for initiative, guys.
1: <laughs> you go. I guess while you're thinking about the... Oh, Chris has got his hand up.
2: <laughs> I use technology to beat you guys to it. Um, actually, I, I enjoyed the solo adventure that we had to throw on with Fezzik and Thandor to give us a little backstory. You know, that was a little different. That was not planned, but out of necessity, we did that. Um, it flushed out the characters, I think, a little bit more. And yes. what, what I so what I enjoy doing nothing more in the game is messing with Rachel. Um, <laughs> it just makes me laugh and you guys and she probably picked up on it. But Fandor is completely oblivious when he says, Marcus, go ask Fezic; she'll help you out. He's completely oblivious to what he's doing, right? Because he's like trying to do the right thing and show Fezic that not all orcs, half orcs are bad people. Right? Meanwhile, but... Fezic sits there and is like, <laughs>
0: excuse me?
2: <laughs> so I, I, will, you will hear throughout the game and continuing going on, Thandor is just, Thandor, so everybody knows, if you're listening, he isn't the brightest guy in the world. Um, Has a heart of gold, um, but he's very, I'm trying to, I don't want to say he's not bright, but he is smart. He is very, it's white or it's black. There is very little gray in his life. So he sees the world out of two lenses. This character is based, as Seth is, is, on a scout that I know. Uh, who in turn became a great SPL, senior patrol leader, became a great leader, but he saw the world as what and still does to this day, right? Um, and that's just who he is. So instead of being like every other character that some of us that we see play all the time, I'm trying to play him as a very, he just doesn't pick up on things that everyone else picks up on.
1: Yeah, and actually that makes him very so, fun to DM because you're, you know, you're coming at things from a very, different perspective and uh, you see things in the world that i didn't know other people would notice
2: i i'm making choices or i i should say i am personally it's hard sometimes in my mind not to make the choice that i want to but make the choice that thander wants to um and seth is giving me thumbs up on it because i know he it's it's hard um Rachel you know you're playing with four DMs in this game right so there's the three players (laughs) are DMs right and so we're always but I think all the DMs I have never DMed with George or played a game where George is DM so I'm not sure but we're all very fluid and it's we do mess with Dave you know whether it's this game or a Wednesday night game (laughs) like I think we probably should be dead right now in the game that we played last night, right? We wish, die. <laughs> we, well, you did, I'm saying where we are right now in Chult, we should be dead, but we're like, let's put up a hut and we won't <laughs> die. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, that's a pretty good idea. But now um, we push, we know we play different. And um, so it is hard for, you know, it is hard sometimes when I sit here with Andor and try to make what decision will Thandor do. Knowing where, he, and I know that I'll say things during the game and I can just see Rachel on the other screen like, why is he sending Marcus over to me? Or why is he saying this? And she's just like, what is going on? But I'm trying to play Thandor. And it's just fun watching the interaction. I mean, but remember she's supposed to be watching out for me, you know, at the end of the day, I'm accused of a crime and she's supposed to see did I really steal this stuff? Yeah. And much. actually,
1: Chris, yeah, that, that's kind of a good lead a teaser for, you know, I've kind of got that, you know, that little solo adventure. We have to finish it because I think there's a, a part to it that, you know, part two to it that we haven't recorded yet. But, you know, that particular little chunk of audio is kind of in my back pocket and it's i think there's a nice upcoming slice where you know that backstory you in fact i believe as a little bit of a teaser ask george for a pardon (laughs) or stanton i guess yeah to, to be more specific and yeah he's kind of like we'll have to see and, so, well, and yeah. that's
2: the whole funny part is how all three of us when we find out that he's lord of the north or whatever it is just jumped on it we're like yes my lord yes sir what do we call you right
3: he's going to kill us at some and, point over that
1: <laughs> yeah and in fact if you haven't heard that part yet go listen, listen oh, to episode sorry. 25 because yeah that's a, a little teaser spoiler for that episode <laughs> sorry sorry i'll bleep that
2: bleep us out bleep us out
1: <laughs> no, but I oh, no 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 we can leave, leave it think. in because yeah, hopefully people are listening in order <laughs> so, <laughs> I,
2: just think, I just think the uh the interplay that this group has is a lot of fun because i can drop something on purpose and somebody runs with it and i have to do nothing but sit back and just watch yeah,
1: yeah. and that's where you guys are doing really good yeah you guys haven't taken improv classes for me i taught comedy sports in, improv classes from you know 2001 till about 2020 uh, 2016 and yeah i was constantly teaching people to look for the game within the game you guys have found those games on your own and that's you know awesome to see now seth i know you have some theater background so you probably do have that well
3: oh, i'm i'm all i'm all tech theater i got god they couldn't get me on the stage to save them their lives and actually i was going to add in earlier like you rachel um, up until i started working with dave and chris on another campaign I was, I am actually very tame in my characters. The first character I introduced Dave and uh, Chris to was a wizard by the name of Ellis, who very much mirrors me. Um, And then as I played more and more with Chris and Dave, Ellis started to grow and that history started to build. And then Ellis became a whole nother entity unto himself. Um,
1: And then I killed him.
3: (laughs) And then he killed him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so now, like you, you have your Tiefling character. I'm playing a Tiefling teenage girl who uh, is trying to resurrect her mentor in another game. Um, oh, so uh, she mine, she mine
0: is attempting to learn how to become a paladin, and she totally sucks at it. Yeah. <laughs> you,
1: you, do you know my theory about that, though, Rachel? I don't think you know. Doug is really a sorcerer. I think you know, um, or, 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 or a cleric. I think he's a sorcerer. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah, that's my theory as, as to why that you haven't really gotten all that much of a vibe off of, uh, um, oh gosh, Zingrazel, whatever the name of that right. guy it's, it's My theory is those spells seem a little bit more sorcery than... Uh, yeah, but that, yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see how that continues to play out. Right. I, I'm, I'm too busy trying to be a mob boss uh, two foot two tall kobold in that game. <laughs> So yeah, okay. So Chris, yeah, I guess that's yeah your favorite moment. Uh, yeah. Seth, how about you? What, what's uh, kind of been your favorite uh,
3: moment? So my favorite thing, um, I have in the most recent games that I've played, I've played ranger, cleric, fighter, uh, druid, wizard, sorceress. Um, I've played all the major classes, and my favorite part of this game has actually been letting my animals take my personality for me um i am i i come from a theater background like you said earlier my my background is show don't tell so build the set that i want people to see but that's not distracting to what's going on all right so my set are is my animal forms now i will be the first to say I wanted when we initially started this for all of us to pick druid characters and then play them as different classes. And I thought it would be hysterical to see like me coming out as the tank in a bear form and then Chris coming out as the rogue in a panther form and then so on and so forth. Um, I got nixed on that one, but uh, <laughs> that said, yeah. I, I I love the the animal shapes that Corin can use and to kind of when he gets scared, turn into the ferret and then hide behind Fezzik. Um, When he wants to protect everybody, go into the giant bear form and start trying to challenge whatever monster they're up against. Um, And those forms very much match the personality of kind of an emotionally unstable teenager Um, based on where he is at the time
1: it's interesting that you bring up that whole druid concept you know when you guys had been toying that around because i said you guys could be whatever you want to be you could all be druids you know if you had gone with that this game probably would be called uh yeah you know, what is it night ranger and the druids of destiny <laughs> <laughs> uh, which they still may make an appearance at some point in the adventure um but uh you know they definitely uh yeah did we we ended up going a different direction once we had you know i think a cleric and you know a, a druid and a ranger and now we've got two rangers i believe with the
3: stand i i will say the hardest part of this um and i think you've gotten to a couple of the the moments where corin has had some indecisive moments um but one trying to play blind um i've never played a blind character before but i mean you you hear me cracking jokes regularly going okay well no, Corrin doesn't see that. He can't see that. Um, how do I react to this? There are things like um, having to touch one of uh, the wooden angels or whatever, because I don't understand what you're describing um, and having to feel it. Things like that have been a, a very unique experience in the game. Um, but then like Chris said, just having to remember to act out the parts that Corin can do. And I'm standing there going, yeah, I know this. I know what that is, but there's no way corn would and there's no way a teenage boy would not want to grab hold of whatever that is and try to feel it out
1: yeah and in fact that's been kind of one of the cool things for me is it really has made me more aware because you know we kind of have this scouting edge into it about how you know Dealing with the world in a way that we don't take all those assumptions, you know, for granted—that you we, know, that we, you know, not everybody can see. Not everybody, you know, has the same abilities as everyone else. And it's made me kind of think about that in terms of my unit service, as well as dealing with others. Yeah. You get that crazy email from a scout leader going, Oh yeah, yeah I've got all this agenda. And it's like, okay, I, I, did, I don't know where to come from. Tell me more rather than kind of coming at it from my perspective. Um, so yeah, we've gotten better, but I think, yeah, definitely. We want to make sure that our world is very inclusive and yeah, it's a safe place mm-hmm. for Corinne to, to, to navigate without having to feel and you know, I know we've, yeah had some trouble with pronouns for for poor Fezzik (laughs) over the time. Fezzik
0: is a boy guys, Fezzik is a
1: boy.
3: (laughs) We'll get it right sooner or later.
1: We're getting better, we're learning and in fact yeah (laughs) yeah, my goal uh, would be for us to yeah be as inclusive as we can so that everybody yeah including yeah, Stanton who has joined us yeah welcome George.
4: Thanks for having me. Sorry, we uh, rang a little late there, killing that red dragon as part of our uh, uh, holiday excursion. Uh, yeah,
1: a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, So yeah, no, so, yeah, that, yeah that's a, what uh, wood badge we refer to as a big rock, but those are important, and you need to take care of those. Yeah. So yeah, a little teaser for those, you, know, you and the audience who are thinking about doing wood badge. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I think.
3: No, sorry, no, so not I to circle back Seth, to what you were saying.
1: Yeah, you can go to go with Seth, uh, the, the spring course, right, Seth? Mm-hmm.
4: That's the plan. All right. For those of are listening outside of council, I'm sure you can go to your local council website, your training page, and find the course near to you.
0: Or meet me at the fall course.
1: That's right, yeah. Ra- yeah, Rachel's uh, staff in the fall one with uh, our good buddy Rick Rogers, which. Uh, Woo! <laughs> yay. Um, we awesome.
2: need so- to get Rick on here. Yeah, so we Rick, do. this is this is a callout, Rick. We really need uh, we really need one of the big guns to come out on on this game with us.
1: Yeah, and in fact, yeah, we just started a. If you are a scouter that's into TTRPG, we started a little Facebook group as well. So uh, hopefully, yeah, if you're listening to this, you'll uh, you know, go come find us on Facebook. That's Scouter TTRPG. Um, you, know, and, uh, we, you know, not only you get a chance to meet us, but other scouters that uh, are doing uh, role-playing games as well as part of the, either their outside of service uh, relaxation or they're inside of you know, unit programming of, hey guys, you seem to be sitting around board. Why don't you play a game? <laughs> so, uh, so George, the two questions you've missed so far, and I think we're going around, we haven't gotten to Rachel yet, but we had just gotten to Chris and Seth. Um, okay. We'll circle back to the original question, but right now the question that we're all kind of espousing on is you know favorite moments from the game so far. Yeah, Seth, did you finish yours?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean I the, only, the last thing I would touch on is that you you said that we're looking to strive for inclusion and that is the fundamental point of Corin is yeah, he's a pain in the butt. He's uh, hard to wake up in the morning. He's all over the place. Uh, But when you need him, he is there, and he's always the first one to charge in. I mean, I I think that that pretty much sums him up, and one of the reasons why I love playing him. He's a handful.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's a handful that leads as well as follows, so it it, uh, it works out very well with some of our scouting themes. Um, Rachel, how about you? What, uh, what, what, What have been some of your favorite moments as you or as Fezzik?
0: So I'm with Chris on our little um, side story I think so you know earlier I said no background technically it's not 100% true I had something sketched out in my head it just wasn't really concrete I might even have a couple notes on my character sheet
1: as bad Um, as I am
0: at taking notes I even have a couple pages
1: of notes in my fancy little D&D oh oh I'm
0: talking like you know three bullets (laughs) well I've got certainly not pages in that first
1: session (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, but for me, you know, to build Fezzik better, I really needed that, like, you know, we weren't planning on it. It was completely ad hoc. We're like, oh, we didn't have enough people tonight, so we're going to do this. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so it helped me, you know, build Fezik out a little bit better and, and more concrete my ideas. Um, Fezzik used to be pretty grumpy. And actually, I love Corin because Corin has helped Fezzik grow. Um, not maybe in the way that Thandor wants him to grow, but, <laughs> <laughs> but has helped him become more himself again, you know? So, um, Fezzik's, I don't know if this will ever come out in story, but, you know, Fezzik's village was destroyed by orcs. This is why Fezzik doesn't like orcs. He was away at the time out hunting in the mountains. When he came back, hit everybody he knew was gone, pretty much. So <clears throat> he wandered out on his own and that's where he met Um, Thandor. And you know, after he kind of took up a village, you know, and and kind of made that his new home, but he was just crabby at that point, you know, very serious, definitely not at all um, what he used to be. And so, Corin has helped really kind of bring that out of him because Corin needs help, <laughs> you know. And it was not the like right. Corin's funny; like he makes he makes Fezzik crack up. <laughs> And just the little things that he does. And because Corn's taken so much to Fezzik, and Fezzik has no idea why, because he's crabby. But, <laughs> you know, Corn is just kind of taken to him, and it's, it's helped him grow. And I'm finding it a lot of fun to grow Fezzik and bring Fezzik back out to what I originally envisioned him to be <laughs> um, as a, you know, legit person, so to speak. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how the story goes. But that little side story kind of helped firm up that this is why I'm grumpy and oh, now I'm stuck to this guy, you know, which we'll find out later on, I guess. Sorry, Dave. More spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, yeah, it,
1: it's okay. It, it, yeah, I, I think it's enough that that'll be more what's that about? Uh, but actually, you know, you know, even George doesn't know. I, I remember. I don't know if you remember when you were sick, you know, back in May, George. Because yeah, I think that got foggy for you. Um, but we, you know, and Seth for some reason missed a session as well. So I took Fandor and uh, Fezzik back in time to you know play out. But I haven't released that yet. Right, right, right. Okay. The opportunities coming up for it to kind of weave into the story of you know um because I, I don't even i think you if you've listened to the most recent episode you've heard yourself you know say uh, when thandor asks you for a pardon we'll have to look into it <laughs> so yeah um yeah, there's a reason that he needs a pardon and that's part of that episode <clears throat> as well wow. as his backstory now george i guess i'm going to combine the que- the two first two questions i had for everybody for you because, sure you know um you know, the first question, you know, was, you know, why did you say yes when I asked you to join a D and podcast, and what has been your favorite uh, or uh, one of your more memorable moments for you uh, since uh, joining us?
4: well it, it's it, there there are a couple reasons involved in terms of why i jumped on when you asked me asked me to, to step in and probably the first one that comes to mind is so often that i'm dming or i'm i'm, I'm running the game and i rarely get to play so the fact that um oh okay <laughs> i appreciate that insight thank you but uh in, in this case we uh, you yeah know, so I, I so rarely get to play the opportunity I actually get to participate in a game as compared to being the person who has to be behind the screen thinking all the all the possible plot lines the way things could go how to guide the characters and all the other the mechanics that most of the players aren't even thinking about it was just an opportunity to do that I said no absolutely love to be able to do it and, and then the more I thought about it in this specific case uh, you know I jumped into the campaign you know later than the rest of the people did because originally I was filling in to be a uh, special guest or a one shot and apparently at least for the moment i'm in the character arc how long that arc stays and everything else will probably depend upon uh, what happens to this group and my character and everything else I like guess. so yeah, but, you know, the opportunity to, to participate in play comes in mind. Then and, and That's one. And two, the fact is who I get to play with. The fact is, one, uh, except for Rachel, I knew most, I knew Scott and Chris from other things, and now I know Rachel. But the fact we're all scouters, and it was very interesting, is that... Uh, my wife teases me much like Dave's wife teaches him about the fact you need to do something outside of scouting. And yet we're on the call before the game starts. Maybe as an aside but the game starts after the game ends, we're talking scouting. We're helping solve unit problems. We're addressing each other's concerns. We're catching up on how our kids are doing in the program and so forth. So in one sense, you know, it just the group of people amplifies what I do in scouting, but also amplifies, you know, the friendships we're building a result of all this. Uh, so, in one sense, it, you know, I, the opportunity to do these things was just natural, and and the fact that Dave basically said, you know, I, I need somebody who basically understands what the game is and can jump in and fill in and say, oh yeah, let's let's do this, let's have fun with this. And uh, since I'm playing a halfling, which is not outside my normal character stretch, uh, was different. And the fact that you know, the, the fact that I was coming in and said, I have a backstory for you, and you'll get it when I give you it, to, give it to you, it's like okay. So in one sense, I'm playing through things. There's some things I'm doing the reaction as a result of things are occurring in the game. And there's some things that are occurring that Dave says, and we'll stop there and come the next episode. And Dave, then Dave remembers to tell me, oh, this is why you're doing what you're doing. Uh,
1: I've got less of a plan than you think, George.
4: Well, (laughs) it's more of a plan that i walked in with because basically you said i need somebody to run run a halfling ranger what are you doing sunday nights but so yeah, it goes yeah no, there.
1: but yeah that was actually an opportunity because i could see that you know uh, yeah, that ties back to one of my favorite moments and we'll come back for your favorite moment and, and mm-hmm. that, you know i screwed up <laughs> the second or third episode i had had this whole little yeah yeah we eventually you know, put in your little um uh plant life friend that Thandor has, that he was supposed to appear there, but you guys got talking about the club. I was like, for some reason, just this irresistible thing of this this halfling. (laughs) It had been spying on you. Popped into my head because I had him, you know, as an encounter later on that could have been a random encounter. Right. But I'm like, that is kind of a cool club. <laughs> and it was just one of those things where it made sense based on what you were saying for me to yeah, interpose this other plan <laughs> that I had. But yeah, I knew that I would have too much fun if I kept him on as an NPC, and I don't want to play Ant all the time. <laughs> so, you know, you know, introducing some of his family, you know, with Right. Yeah, and that was the nice thing is, is I had kind of laid out a fairly big family for you. So, uh, yeah, it uh, yeah it was nice that we were able to kind of incorporate that, and it's actually led to some good storytelling. At least for, from my perspective, that it kept me out of my comfort zone ah. uh, by you know making these big declarations that you know have panned out later. So, yeah i guess to circle but, back george yeah since you joined well i i want to finish your point then i'll
4: address your question here uh, we've talked already listening to the other characters so talk about how they interact and relate and some of the values they're trying to bring in for what we do as scout leaders and how we how it shapes the way we role play in this game and everything else like this the fact that my character's coming in effectively as an adult as compared to a youth in this situation you see how the, I'm trying to live the values outside of a normal, you know, troop meeting or environment or anything else. It is how I work with my children, and my family, uh, how much of a pain in the neck Anton can be and what's going to happen with him down the road. Uh, but the idea is that clearly it becomes interesting then for people to see what leaders do in terms of, well, they're not just people in uniform. You see 90 minutes at a meeting and everything else like this. So try to add those family values it's part of background part of what we're doing here it's something else that was nice to do uh in one sense i've almost kind of become you know the uh, you know the the den leader everything else just because i'm the person's all right we need to round up here's breakfast everything else like this and that ties is very interesting in the backstory because one of the things we talk about a fact is that i turned down the opportunity to be you know King of my people to basically go off and go deal because uh, I'm the best qualified to be on the front lines to fight evil as compared to my brother who can do all the sit on the throne look pretty stuff and everything else like this that we'll dive into later on elsewhere in the storyline.
3: Somebody
1: sells spreadsheets too. So. Yeah, uh, you know, some George, I, think I think George, you ahead. brought something
2: up real quick. Um, I think the three of us are all still young teenagers or young adults and you're the only one with the maturity here right uh even the half elf who's a little bit older probably in age than you are but maturity wise you're the most mature of the right so i mean we're all playing i think young adolescents or young young Uh, i thought
3: i thought Fezzik was older
0: i i i think yes you announced
1: your 120
2: years old yeah is like 60 something i think but that's a that's he's, he's young, a young but not really but he's not an elf adolescent.
0: he's he's a gnome
2: oh that's right uh,
1: yeah the, the elf yeah. that we've introduced so far is still missing although there is yeah the, the dragon when val is around is in elf form <laughs> so but the the ranger that was taking uh marcus and uh, the uh, the um, oh gosh, I guess they were druids. Yeah, the mother-father combo that you found. The dead.
3: cleric, the mother-son. the mother, mother son.
1: Yep, the, uh, that combo. The, that, Yeah, that elf is still missing it out there somewhere.
3: So, um, oh, spoilers for the players. Wait a minute, we didn't know that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you may not have remembered it, but you knew. Well, but, we um, knew
3: we hadn't found his body, but we assumed it, it was still in the grove.
1: <laughs> it possibly could have been still there, but you have not found mm. it. Either Back way. Um, oh. So, yeah, there, I've got plenty of latitude <laughs> That's where to go with it. Um, but I guess that brings us to the next question I'd ask is, you know, um, yeah, where do you think we're going? You know, I, you know, each of your characters probably has some ideas. You know, I,
4: I and, guess you don't care about my favorite moments. That's fine.
1: But, oh, oh, I'm sorry, George. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do your, your favorite moments. But it'll give the others time to uh, ruminate and mull. All right.
4: Uh, I, I've been thinking about this for a while because, again, it's having jumped in, you know, not at the beginning of the campaign, but coming in effectively to start in, in the middle of a character arc is trying to figure out, you know, where I fit in the bigger puzzle thing. So, a lot of the things I'm finding are very interesting are the little characterizations that all the players have. And in one sense, how they help me understand who they are. For example, it never occurred to me until seeing there was action that, 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 that Thundar is, in fact, part of hearing. Um, and it, was, it wasn't until chris pointed out some of his behaviors that he's doing his character reflects that watch how he speaks and how he acts and so he can't hear himself um, and but the interesting thing on the on the aside there is the fact that corin can effectively function so well it never occurs to me that he is blind most of the time when he moves in an animal form. everything else that he has. I said everything else. Is, but for otherwise he functions quite fine or as fine as a hyperactive teenager who probably should switch to decaf. Can that?
1: Uh, <laughs> At least we don't allow him to have coffee. <laughs> no, we
4: don't. I, I, as, I, as I found out uh, little touches, too, for example, where, you know, where we get the giants to say grace before meals. It's <laughs> is is, uh, is always something, and again, uh, the 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 lip, you know, fingers to lips. Be quiet. Be still in the woods. Uh, I, I think the long segment we had where we uh, you know went to go rescue, the, uh, went down to help the kobolds out, was, was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I really hope we can find a way to bring Sanjay back in for more than 20 seconds of a character arc.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like the, the dichotomy there of us not letting him talk, but me keeping endowing him as the most talkative person this side of of Koran. <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, uh, the well, they balance it out for our Patreon uh, and, but, and bring. Yeah, up. no,
1: yeah, we, he will weave back into the story at some point. Yeah, right. yeah, no character is is forever gone unless, yeah, even I guess technically it's Dungeons and Dragons, so I guess know, yeah, nobody's dead, 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 right. just mostly
4: uh, dead. <laughs> but I, I think all in all, the, the favorite moment really comes down to the fact is that. Uh, we are working very well together. I'm finding, compared to other groups that I have facilitated or Dungeon Mastered for, because we have a shared background. In fact, we we have you know the scouting values that we all have as adult leaders that we're trying to pass on to youth we work with outside of this game, but also then how we interact with each other, remembering that. to live those values consciously in the podcast and how we play is something I find you know endearing it's wonderful it's not like you're going to work and you have to wonder well, what is he going to do now you know you know that for the most part we're all coming to the table with the same ideals the same goal and and, and go from there and and for the most part we'll go okay what's dave going to do to us this week <laughs>
1: uh, yeah you make a uh, we'll challenge some to... weeks to yeah. figure out where to take you yes. <laughs> the
3: next week but, you know
1: like
2: what's interesting dave and i don't know if this is intentional on your part when you go back and listen to some of it, and even as we're going through it, if you have an uncanny knack, and I don't know if it's planned. Um, it's not the same person leading each episode right it is and I don't know if that is on purpose if it is great job if it's unintentional you're doing a wonderful job of managing (laughs) it but there have been times where Thandor maybe says a couple things or Thandor's out in front so I think this group works it it comes back down to you know as we said earlier comes back down to improv and knowing when to stand up and when to sit back and be you know a set piece yeah. yeah um, you know, so that's,
1: you raise a very good point. Yeah. I, I know I intentionally had wanted to be that, that, that smart. I realized after a while I wasn't that smart. But while I was listening to it, it, you know, it emerged on its own because there are episodes where, yeah, everybody kind of you know, gets a chance to take, take the lead. And I think that's, you know, shows that we're not only. You know, performing with each other but we're listening to those performances hearing where they're taking them and then going okay this is their t-. yeah yeah you step back and let them shine and yeah. the nice thing is I've said there's been some episodes where I've had to talk a lot less than other times and I know back when I did comedy sports it's like whether I get into one game or ten games I get paid the same amount which yeah well, of course this is a podcast so we're doing it for fun until <laughs> you know, t- 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 we get the big advertisers uh, <laughs> or the big Patreons um, so yeah no but yeah george yeah i guess yeah before you joined us you did kind of i think do a little bit of a sample were there any moments that kind of you know said yeah, to you okay i think i've agreed to get into something that yeah you know, this sounds like this good sounds good to me <laughs> you know from those pre Stanton episodes <laughs> uh, you know, i i think it was honestly it was the kind of thing
4: that i really to sample the stuff until i dove in uh because i basically worked with the background you gave me in terms of, i figured this would just be you know We focus on this, and then I resolve the problem, and then move on, and everything else. I need to really pick up and listen to those episodes. So afterwards, but one of the things I didn't realize is that the fact that okay, now I understand why, you know, why corn is way he is, why Fezzik and everything else is, and how what I did, you know, didn't necessarily change the dynamics, but kind of pointed in direction it needed to go in terms of these are things we need to try to accomplish, and you know, the fact that. It, it so often when you pl- role play these adventures is you know what the big problem is but you've got to get to take care of this problem in front of you and to solve that problem you got to step over here make a little sidestep solve that problem and then from there once you solve that we can go from there and jump to the next thing i mean none of us intentionally planned for example to go down into the caverns to go rescue the kobolds in the village and had to get done and the fact that it did get done benefited Benefit us in other ways. Uh, the direction we need to go in terms of understanding that you know, somebody like you know Stan has a larger sense of the world around them, knowing what is beyond the northern marches that borders his territory, is going to allow them to get to where they need to go to. Clue in the other pieces of the map and everything else, I guess, and relationships that Stanton has with um, Val and so forth is going to help us get somewhere. But Stanton doesn't know a lot of the trouble they've already faced before they show up. So one says, "I kind of look and say, well, who is that? What do we need to do with them?" It's like, okay. So then they take the lead on an issue, and I support them as best I can. You know, so. And one of the ways that I, everyone gets to take leads, everyone has some more information than I do. And the only information I may have more than they have is simply due to the background I've been given, my experience as, you know, guardian of Northern Marches, everything else beyond that. You know, we all have to share the game. So,
1: you know, um, so yeah, I guess that leads us to a good place. And yeah, that sharing, I think, has given you guys some ideas. Yeah. I know where I think it's going. I'd be curious to see where you think it's going. So anybody who wants to to launch in first with their their player theory, um, yeah, I'd be happy to, to, to hear what you're thinking. How
0: can we do that without spoilers? um
1: well the, you know, it's yeah. You know, i guess yeah you know, the, the way yeah the, the, well yeah you know, none of it can be if you support
4: us at the upper tiers on patreon you get to hear the answer before the rest of the
1: group does yeah but <laughs> it, it could also just be that you know, oh well Yeah. You know growing to the point where maybe he wants to open a store <laughs> yeah i don't know where, where where do you think that your character you know, is 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 going you know, and i guess yeah you know, you could even tie back if you want to. Yeah. I know that our first encounter was intentionally weird with, um, oh gosh, uh, 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 Taubwode.
3: <laughs> oh. Yeah.
1: It, it, it was intentionally awkward because I didn't know what I wanted to do with him. I know I wanted him in there and that, you know, he was doing something in there. And I, kn- I know him a lot better now, but, you know, th- yeah, I know you're still kind of confused and befuddled by the, the boomerang. It actually was a well-intended gift.
3: Oh, no, but that that is actually one of, all right, so when you ask me what my favorite thing is, there have been a lot of little things that I've really loved, like the boomerang, giving it to the blind kid. Giving, or having Corin set fire to Anton's puppet dragon. I mean, there are a lot of little antic things that I can feel like I can impulsively do. Um, those those are the fun little aspects of the story that I love. Um, and I guess to answer your question, at least from Corin in my perspective, where I see this going, Corin does not have the ability to process the impact of the world. We could be on the one great quest to save all of eternity, but it would never dawn on him that he's doing that. What he sees is he has finally found a group of people who are willing to put up with his oddities and he's trying to figure out how best to live with them and to make them happy. Because in the end, that's all he really wants. He just wants his little niche of people. So, I mean that's the direction he's going.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that. And yeah, there's definitely definitely some opportunities for that to happen as we go forward. Um, how about uh, you know so, and anyone else? Now uh, Rachel. Um, so polite. So, so Raising your hand. <laughs> I did ask for hands earlier, George.
4: Oh. oh okay. Well, <laughs> we just clicked the Zoom part part hand or well, whatever. Go on. Go on. Yeah, no, go Chris right. gave us
0: the Zoom hand before. Um. So first. It was driving me nuts. I pulled up Fezzik's sheet. And Fezzik is 117 years old, so, <laughs> um, so he's pretty old. But anyway, he spent a lot of time on his own. And so because of that solidarity, he didn't become who he, you know, who, let's just say what a normal gnome is, right? Happy-go-lucky. Um, and I definitely see Fezzik going that way and refinding what he was before his village was attacked. You know, and maybe even then, who knows, settling down, finding the person, whatever. But Fezzik always had a love for exploring. And when he was on his own, he did do a lot of exploring, but it wasn't for the love of exploring. Right? He did it for a purpose. And he's finding that love of exploring again. And I see that continuing to grow. And, you know, even though Zanfora is desperate for him to follow his God. Um I don't see him ever going that way. Sorry, Fandor. <laughs> you never know, maybe. But just the fact that this group is going out beyond where he's been and he's he's rediscovering that love of exploring, it's exciting for him. Cool. Yeah, I, I like I like that
1: and I can see that uh, yeah, opportunities for that coming along as well. Uh, let's see Fandor or Stanton, who who would like to go next.
2: Before
4: George. Oh, I get to go next? Hold on. I'm, I'm answering, I'm answering uh, Rachel's question here. Uh, Gnomes <laughs> become adults around the age of 40, but they can live to almost 500 years. So, you know, it's almost like elves again. It's that, you know, yeah, you're an adult, but are you really mature enough? But, uh, gee, what can I see down the road? Now, I guess as compared to the, the rest of the group, I mean, I know there's some things that Stanton as a character would expect to have happened. And that at some point he will get, he will wind up, you know, stepping away from the party whether it's leaving or being forced to leave everything else is because he has a family at home and he has responsibilities in terms of the northern marches and so forth but he also understands too that when he stepped down from his initial position and then you know accepted the responsibilities you have to fight evil that fighting evil is going to take a certain amount of precedent that, that's going to come first his wife understands that most of his children understand that anton well I think Dave is going to do something really bizarre with Anton. I think he's going to become like a Jedi or a a druid (laughs) or something. That you know, in a in a second season of series, he'll be the you know he'll be the 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 knife bearer or whatever. But
1: yeah, um, Prince Anton has, has or Anton has some very. Very, very, very fun things coming. Uh, I point. know. I see, that. there's Someone a scary part there. I
4: mean, you know, again, again, you know, it's one thing for me to, you know, step down and, you know, step down from having chosen to see my people. But if you imagine Anton right now as, as the? well first off they're older children but do you imagine anton is you know the the, the prince of the northern nah, nah, can't let that happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. well yeah they're uh, telling whether he's still at home or not as well
4: yeah uh, uh, and i think it's, you know, the challenge is also thinking of the big picture down the road is that we know we've only found two or three of the 12 markers if you remember searching right yeah. so at some point how many of those markers stan are going to get to help them with and what happens when we find all 12 markers, you know, does it become like the Desolation of Shire in the, in the books as compared to the movie, where, you know, they go back and discover that for all the effort they put in to save the world, their own little piece of home is destroyed in the process. As you teased when you had the Reapers come through our farm and eat at least one of my staff.
1: At least one, yes, possibly two.
4: <laughs> so, uh, I, I think for the moment, the short-term, short-term picture is that Stanton is, you know, a full engaged member of, the, of this little troop, this little crew, to get to where we need to go. And how far he's going to take them is really going to depend upon what happens in the home front.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I, I can make you this promise. At some point, Stanton and Trenton will end up in the same room. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, you know, but
4: I got a, the I got the girl. Remember that? That's canon. I yeah, got the girl. Yeah, but yeah, as so. you
1: pointed out, one man's you know, one man's wife is another man's you know, uh, you know opportunity to be king, so, <laughs> so or, or you know person. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, to be in control. So yes. uh um, yeah. So yeah, I'd say that yeah, there's plenty of storytelling opportunity that you know any any time there's yeah you know, those differentials in power, you can <laughs> certainly. Yeah, well, I see see those uh, opportunities for conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, all right, Thandor, um, how about you? What uh, what are your uh, you know, speculative theories about where we're heading?
2: Thandor, or where, at where um, heading? <laughs> yeah, Thandor is on. I think on the verge of probably a um, crisis in faith. Right. Um, he is seeing. He's, in her, he's working in the world of the gods now, right? Working in the realms of deities and demigods. And I'm not sure he's totally comfortable with that, especially when someone will say, oh, I know Jord, right? That to him is, how can you know Jord? Because Jord is his world. It is what he you know, aspires to be. Um, I think he would be crushed if, and this is probably going in his mind a little bit, as if you know, Jordan knew a little bit about this, which would make sense, right? Because through nature, it's order and chaos. And there has to be some chaos in order for order to happen. So I'm not sure what his arc is going to be with that. Um, but I think it, it'll play out with who we continue to meet. But by the fact that he's meeting all these deities or demigods, you know, he's a little freaked out right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, the Celestials definitely do add a, uh, uh yeah, as creatures, yeah, they would, you yeah, I think cause one to, to question their faith, <laughs> especially with the behavior some of them seem to be exhibiting, so yeah, I think yeah that, uh, yeah, we will definitely continue to explore that. Um, yeah, I think I already hinted at the, you know, where I kind of see some of this going. Eventually, we are getting to an episode where Ant discovers he is a prince, <laughs> or could have been. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd also like to, to to you know do a little bit more with uh, some of some of the uh, children in the Hoberfield uh, family as well, um, but uh, yeah, that's a little bit uh, down the line. So you know, oh, one about- could
4: argue there are so many children they could almost be their own separate uh, podcast, but we'll. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yeah. One successful podcast at a time. Let's get there. Yes, yeah.
1: Well, uh, yeah. Let's yeah. Let's uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, create the world and then inhabit it <laughs> with more and more people. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to keep this a little bit close to an hour. So I guess, yeah, we're you know, we've come to the the, you know, the top of the uh, you know, the hour for, for the, the block that we're in. I guess, yeah, you know, are there you know, I guess any closing thoughts you all have on the podcast you know, overall are you enjoying it? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I guess we could even, you know, you know, if if we really wanted to go into start, stop, continue. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so no, I think this is a fun. This is a fun game right now, right? We said it before George came on. There has been enough combat to have combat, and that's part of the game. But this group is really into the storytelling and being part of your story, right? And I, I really—it's a lot different than some of the other games that we play uh, because we really are a part of the story and. We probably are, <laughs> as we have in other games, making you adjust a little bit, right? And that's a good thing, right? Yeah,
1: and I think okay. yeah that that was part of my intention is I wanted this to be collaborative storytelling at the very beginning. So our session zero, I came in with very few ideas of my own of what I wanted it to be. I listened um, to you hear what your characters were saying, and you know, that's how we got to, you know that you were out on the planes. That you yeah,
2: know, that and and. Uh, and like, I love pushing buttons, that's just my fun fun because I just love watching your guys' reaction on Zoom. Um, but I'm not sure I could do it in person because you, you could throw a dice at me, then, right? But for the <laughs> fact that Fandor decided I ain't riding a horse anymore, ain't gonna happen,
3: right?
4: As compared to Milo in the other <laughs> game, where all he wants, <laughs> <laughs>
2: but no, I that's why that's kind of why Fandor. Well, yeah. I think hard. Corin
3: and Fezzik are gonna keep pushing that button too, by the way. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I even <laughs> have no, an I idea just, how to just push love that, that because.
2: Now you guys have to figure out what we're going to do. And next thing you know, I'm riding on the shoulder of a damn giant,
1: right?
2: <laughs> a dang giant. <laughs> uh, right? Um, just because, uh, you know, and I, I love it that everybody's kind of like, well, he's not going to ride a horse. What about a dog? You know, physics, like, what about a donkey? What about a bear? Yeah. Coming up with all these ideas and that the bear is what he ended up riding.
1: Spoil alert
2: coming up ended up having to ride <laughs> to safety.
1: Right? No, no, you've already done that. Oh, we've done
2: that one. Okay, that's right. We've done that one. Yeah. So,
1: no, I, I just love
2: the fact that, yeah, you know, one of us can drop something inconsequential and it
1: comes back
3: later. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah that shows we're listening to each other which is is good and you yeah, know, i also like one of the things you said which is you know part of the improvisation to me and i think it's really good role playing is reacting rather than just acting so it's not like well hey i'm you know i'm the bard and i sing crazy songs and, yeah it, if it has to fit the moment and it's like okay you know we've got a bear running at me i gotta jump on and ride it <laughs> it's like you know you, you process the information and you reacted to it and you know it's you because know, I think if we had a bard, they'd probably try to sing their way out of that battle. <laughs> so, um, how, well, how about will, the rest of
3: you? <laughs> I will say one of the things I like the most. And I have run groups anywhere from uh, small uh, child, children's groups to high school groups, um, a couple college groups that I ran to scout leadership. Um, and I will say, playing with scouts has been the most interesting uh, way of playing because as scouts and through the program we are taught to resolve problems in more ways than one and usually not with the given like standard response Uh, And so we go through a lot of trouble, and a lot of these games have some very screwy solutions to how we handle situations that lead to some absolutely hysterical situations. Um, And I will say that that has probably been some of the most fun, just seeing how... Different people take different things and walking into a shop with a group of scout leaders saying, "Okay, you guys have five gold. What are you buying? And all of a sudden we're getting different chili powders, different ball bearings, uh, jacks for games and a a long wooden pole. And I'm like, dear God, what are you guys going to do with this? And like, we're not sure yet, but when we get there, (laughs) you'll know. So I mean it's like playing like, with a group you know, of MacGyvers.
2: Steph, you know what I'm gonna
1: do with Ball Bearings.
3: Oh god, yes. I I <laughs> yes, I know what you're going to do with the Ball bearings. <clears throat> but I mean it that's what I always find fun. And I I know as a player, since starting to play with scouts again and seeing how they take things out of context and twist their meaning and their uses. Um I've started doing that a lot more myself. Like I've always theorized on some things that we can do. Well, now I've started doing it. And I mean, you guys will see Corrin taking different spells or different abilities that aren't supposed to be used in or will intended to be used in a specific way. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to turn them totally on their ear on purpose.
1: Yeah, no, very creative uses of uh, the uh... Um, Mold, Mold Earth. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. the beginning popped to mind. Those were some of my favorite early on moments.
3: Yeah.
1: Rachel or George, yeah, any any parting thoughts? I'll let
4: Rachel go first.
0: Oh, thanks, George. <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I love it. So, when I started, I started playing D&D probably when I was about 15. So, dating myself here, we're talking like, 25 years ago and I played for a couple of years you know pretty much through college um maybe a year or two after that and then it stopped you know moved away all you know news, right so anyways um I met one of our David and Duggins <laughs> two years ago at Badge. yeah
1: good roll ring We am gonna give him a shout out He's a
0: good <laughs> um and met him there and Facebook friended him and he had posted something about playing D&D I'm like wait a minute wait you play D&D and he's like well come join this campaign we're getting started right so I pretty much had like a 20 year gap between playing um so for me I mean it's just been great to get back into it my oldest son now plays with um you know one of our you guys might know um George What's George's last name (laughs) yeah yeah And um, so he's been playing, you know, a kid's campaign with him, and he loves it. So it's just, we're getting to meet new people and do new things. And, you know, I get to go back to a grassroots thing that I love growing up, you know, and now introduce it to my kids.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, that's been kind of the nice little uh, side thing this has spawned is that, you know, I about a year ago did a... You know, character creator and Sanjay and a couple of the youth and you know uh, that are in George's game, um, the ones from Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they came and they made characters and they're they're active players now. <laughs> so you know, getting you know more people you know involved in it, and I, and I can only sing the praises of how much you know, yeah, you know, role playing in general will really improve you know, not only unit experience, but, you know, your life experience as well. It gives you more people to interact with and yeah, it definitely gives you that downtime thing to look forward to. Um, so George, I guess, yeah, that puts you on tap.
4: <laughs> uh, uh, I guess I get to go last because I'm, I'm the oldest or I certainly remember playing d d in the original Brown Manuals in the White Box in 1977. Uh, well, and the whole in point at that time was that uh, my five, friends who were all scouts, by the way, uh, and four of the five of us made Eagle and the fifth one joined too late, but he turned out all right, which is the important thing about scouting as an aside. Yeah. Uh, but the five of us would, you know, play, you know, Dungeons and Dragons as a group and, and sure enough at that time it was focusing on, you know, kill or be killed, you know, steal the treasure, acquire experience anything else like this. Storytelling was completely, you know, optional. Uh, character backgrounds didn't matter because your characters didn't last long enough. Uh, but the goal was that over the course of time, you know, I was in the industry at one point and you know got involved with uh, Traveller and Dungeons Dragons, Gamma World, Boot Hill, a number of these games that you know where storytelling started to grow and everything else because people started to become more interested in terms of the content as compared to the mechanics. Uh, And then, of course, like many people, you know, you you move away, you get married, you have children, and then you rediscover some things later on down the road. When I got back into the business and uh, they were sure enough that D&D was one of those things that were kind of still out there and people weren't sure about it and having remembered it. Uh, you know, from first edition, uh, they said, well, let's take a look at it now, and it was far more, the emphasis is far more on cooperation and storytelling and character development, and character development in, in a two phrases, it's one of the things we think about as scout leaders, the ultimate goal is not, again, not to be Eagle Scouts, but to grow young people in character, so, as we grow our characters in this game, you know, the other games we play, everything else, we're trying to become more well-rounded, both in terms of the skills, but also in terms of how we interact with each other. And I think the ability to do that in this format is what continues to attract and appeal to me. Uh, shortly before this podcast were on, I was running a family game where, in this case, the first time in the uh, f- four years this particular campaign has been running, everybody was at the same table because we are we together for holidays. It includes my nine-year-old granddaughter, who's one of the newer players in the party. And while there was a lot of emphasis on kill or be killed or stab things and everything else like this, even my nine-year-old granddaughter can understand that you have to kind of role-play the character you are playing. And in some cases, even it means that as a you know, wild magic sorcerer who is demonically possessed with a monkey's paw that shoots lightning bolts, she played that character.
1: Yeah, in um, fact, that's uh, one good bit of advice that uh, yeah, I can bring over from improv is one of the things I used to tell my students in that is like, for the next five minutes, you know, if you're doing a scene where you're playing Batman, you're not playing Batman, you are Batman. If you're Wonder Woman, you are Wonder Woman. So you would make the choices that that character would make. So that if you're just you know Phil from the lunchroom who likes to drink out of every glass, you go around to every table, try all the drinks. Because uh, that's what Phil does. Um, So, yeah, it's nice to see that, yeah that that uh, is kind of innately coming out of playing the game is that you're all kind of figuring that out without me having to instruct you to, hey, you should probably do more of this. Um, It's it's nice to kind of see those those characters grow and develop over time. And, yeah, there's two weeks between every game and you guys seem to find the characters week after week
4: and the ability to be able to participate in these long running stories that, you know, so much of our lives are fo tend to be focused on a work day nine to five set schedule things like this the fact we are growing something above and beyond that time frame developing friendships relationships developing those characters uh is part of what we're trying to do in our vocations as scout leaders but also our, our avocations as players uh in terms of the characters we are you know we interact with and have come to love and care about in their own way so you know thank you for the ride i appreciate it
1: yeah yeah. well yeah i think on that you know I, oh i see uh seth did you have your hand up Oh,
3: you're, you're muted. you still All muted. Right, now I'm unmuted. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the one thing I would like to add, um, I, by nature, am not a very outgoing person. Um, I usually sit in my corner, I watch the world around me, it's just the way I am. Um, and for me to come out of my box or out of kind of my little bubble to start playing role-playing games again, um, a friend of mine introduced me to a rule that we have since used with my son and I've used with other scouts to try and get them going, which is very—it's a very simple rule, which is what happens at the table stays at the table. Uh, Which means when you take on a character and even if it's some psychotic, deranged little sorceress or some uh, holy paladin that is devout in his faith and customs and all, no matter what the character is, when you're away from the table, you're you, you're you're who you are, you're who you're going to be when you come to the table be who you think that person would be no matter how deranged or what that person's problem is like I sat there and there were moments in games recently and not in this one specifically but in another game that I played recently where I had a character who is a very loving and affectionate and protective individual who found out one of his friends gets hurt and he does something that was exceptionally violent for what I envision. But again, it's one of those moments where I'm sitting here saying, "Okay, this is what the character, what I think the character would do. And I know the players I'm playing with won't hold Seth accountable for it. They would hold Ellis accountable for it. And as long as I am within reason with the people I'm with, and when you sit down for any new player, if you sit down with them, knowing who you're playing with,
1: yeah, the gentle. You, you definitely need to have a safe space to, to play in, you know, yeah. so that everybody. Yeah, and yeah, I think with the, especially with the Ellis example that you're that you're giving, you know, that kind of had to happen because you know, you know, it's a little bit of you know, one of those you know. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what the foreshadowing thing is. It's you know, it was the character flaw mm-hmm. <laughs> that eventually led to his death. Was that he was getting a little bit further and further, you know, along? Yeah. So yeah, that yeah, that totally fits. And yeah, I think you know, to kind of you know bring that you know in is that yeah, it, it's, it's you're creating a safe space to play in, and then outside, you know, you, you take those team building skills and you go out and use them for real. But the character choices and the emotions stay.
3: Absolutely. And if people have to realize that, or you have to make sure that everybody realizes as a DM, that when they come to your table, that everything is safe, that you will act as you need to, to represent the character that you're playing. It is not shining any light on you yourself um and that for a lot of the kids that i've played with that's a very hard concept for them to get they always try to stay within the bubble of who they are and it's taken me a year and a half with one of my kid games what i call the minion campaign uh to get three of these kids to realize that they and their character are different people it's okay to act like your character it's okay to let it all hang out and have a little bit of fun with it and be dramatic and act and have that extra edge um yeah and just finding a way to be comfortable with that
1: oh. absolutely so you know, I guess you know, I, at this point yeah, we'll wrap things up. Thank you all so much for your time, your thoughts, your, yeah, the creativity that you put into the last yeah, yeah George, I don't know if you yeah, we were here for what we were talking about. We started recording like late last January. So we've hmm. been doing this for almost a year now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It took us a while to release the episodes because I yeah, was learning what to do. And you know, I, hopefully the audio is continuing to improve um, as we go. Dungeon Master Dave. I started tonight's episode with a quote from Dr. Seuss. This was a new experiment for us this year, something we had not done before, so I hope that you'll take our encouragement and try something new for yourself in 2022. There's an amazing amount of people we'd like to thank on here. First of all, let me thank... Chris, Seth, Rachel, and George for giving their time. Our special guest Sanjay. Hopefully we'll get him back to give him a little bit more screen time. We'd also like to thank Kat Evans. She created our logo, which has been used for not only our show art, but also for our hoodies. Hopefully you got one of those. If you didn't, once again, head over to Pod Chaser and give us a review and then tweet it at us or Facebook it at us or get the message to us somehow and you'll be entered to win one. We'd also like to thank some amazing, amazing artists that we've you know, gotten the licensed music from over at Soundstripe. One of the folks that we'd really love to call out is the band's Dreamscape and their song... Take Me To Your Leader which is that whistling song you hear at the beginning of every show Uh, we've really enjoyed having access to that through that licensing program we've also enjoyed having access to Shutterstock for all kinds of images for our Twitter and Facebook feeds there's many many other artists that uh, we would like to thank so you know uh, maybe i'll try to you know provide a list in the show notes of some of the songs that we've featured as part of our background music of course all again licensed through soundstripe.com we'd also like to thank steve geist you know members of the nylt staff that listen in regularly um, you know, as well as many of our other listeners that we don't know about. Make yourself known. We'd love you for you to be part of our community. We'd also like to thank our cast members' spouses who have let us have the time to do this real play podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Leaders and Legacy or head over to leadersandlegacies.com to get all our
3: latest and greatest. We'll see you in 2022, and never forget to remember... And for the record, kids, I would never recommend wandering off into the woods by yourself.